Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Now is a great time to join Navy Federal. And you don't have to be in the Navy to join. Seriously. If you're an active duty service member, veteran, DOD civilian, or military family member, you can join Navy Federal. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Hey, veteran entrepreneurs. While we know COVID has restricted travel this past year, as the world continues to open back up safely, there's a website just for you that can save you money on travel. Plus, support your military community at the same time. Check out AmericanForcesTravel.com and see for yourself. All right. Hey, today we're talking with Paul Makowitz, Army veteran, uh, founder of Hashtag Smart Marketing. So, Mark, thanks for being here. Paul, thanks for being here today. I got marketing in my head. Um, thanks for being here today, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing your story. Uh, before we get into business and entrepreneurship, take us back. Tell us what you did in the Army. Yeah, so I was in the Army uh, from 02 to 05 in uh, OEF, OIF. I was a computer operator for field artillery. So uh, the, the quick rundown before I enlisted, I uh, went to school, changed my major four times as a freshman. Really, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yep. Uh, I was selling my Army recruiter golf clubs, actually, while I was working at a Dick's Sporting Goods. And uh, that's how the conversation started. Um, when it came to enlistment time, I uh, pretty much saw this as an opportunity to get college money, figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, so it was mostly like, what do you got for two years? What do you got in three years? Let's uh, let's see what we can do here. And that that's how I landed on a computer operator for field artillery. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I want I joined the army to work with computers. Like, okay, there's a whole truckload of them. Start unloading. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I uh, I didn't do my job a whole lot of times while I was in, but uh, I did do it a little bit as we were uh, rolling into Baghdad. I was part of the second ACR, so we we're the first artillery unit into theater in 2004 would have been early 2004 mm-hmm. so uh i i got the the oef oif experience of kind of wild wild west it was yeah. not a whole lot of policies and procedures in place yet just kind of rolling in and figuring out as we go in. yeah oh oh three the march up yeah oh four i uh i deployed in march oh four oh no kidding yeah that that's the first time i went to iraq also very end of march uh, oh, four when first meth went, went back in after they'd been gone for six months. So mm-hmm. it showed up about the same time you guys did. So that's cool. Um, well talk to us about as your, as your time in the army wound down and what you're looking to do and what happened with your transition. Yeah. So, um, I have a pretty interesting transition story because my, my whole goal in entering the military was college money and setting myself up for a future where I knew that I could go to school and not worry about finances for a little bit, figure out what I wanted to do. And uh, I got out of the service and I had gotten the Army College Fund, obvious, or um, I'd gotten the Army College Fund because of my ASVAB score. And then I got the GI Bill, which obviously everybody got. And uh, I remember leaving Louisiana. I went to Atlanta and uh, I was deciding on what to do for school there. Decided on Kennesaw State. And uh, when I got my first a compensation check to pay back the school, it was about half of what I expected. It was like 900 bucks. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty smart guy. I could do some math. My army college fund plus GI bill should have been closer to like 2000, <laughs> 2200 a month. Uh, so 
I was pretty confused, pretty upset. Uh, I remember speaking with this woman and I'll, I'll never forget her sweet Southern accent when she was like, you know what, you're not the first soldier I've told, you won't be the last, but you were deceived by your military contract. You know, the Army College funded GI Bill, that total amount was actually for both and, you know, nothing you can do. So I, I spent the, uh, the next four to six years there uh, fighting it as best I could, trying to get my military records correct you know, speaking with congressmen, speaking with whatever advocates I could find. Uh, and instead of just going to school full-time, I became a golf pro and was taking night classes. So I was giving golf lessons during the day, uh, playing a lot of golf, greatest career ever. Uh, problem is you can't really make a whole lot of money doing it unless you're playing on Sundays. <laughs> uh, so uh, I played lots of golf, took night classes, um, it was funny. I was listening to your earlier podcast with uh, Jason Boyce on it, talking about going to school for eight years. I was, I was similar boat. Uh, I was, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, bounced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did not get that doctorate uh, degree though. Um, so, you know, I, I figured out what I wanted to do. I was always very entrepreneurial, um, was real good at processes and figuring out how to go A, B, C, D, and then skip B and C and make yourself more efficient and automate things and move quicker. So um, after fighting for about five years, I finally, uh, out of the blue, got a letter from uh, DFAS saying, hey, we released money for people in situations like yours. Uh, here's a check for $28,000. So that, you know. 28000 Wow. Yeah, yeah. They basically admitted, you know what, you're right. Your contract was misleading and, uh, and you know, opened it up. There's Actually, I got interviewed by USA Today about the entire situation. So it's it was wow. very interesting. It was, yeah, it, it was most military contracts that received Army College Fund from about 1993 to 2007. And uh, eventually they opened up money into the defense bill for that year and uh, basically said, hey, anybody that's been fighting this and, and attempted to get this correction in their records, you know, we've allotted finances for them. So, you know, uh, end of the day, the, the fight ended up working out for me. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, it came about four years too late. And I'd already been, you know, working full time, taking night classes, kind of busting my butt that way. Uh, but it was nice little justification at the end. Um, you know, still pretty soured on the whole experience getting out. Right. But uh, it really kind of proved true that you know, if you stick to your guns and you keep fighting for it, you know, things do eventually work out, you know. That's awesome. So where were you at at that point and um, how did, how did you continue and, and when, at what point did you get the entrepreneurial bug? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So I, uh, I bounced around a lot. I, uh, I was one of those kind of polymaths. I was good at everything, great at nothing. <laughs> and, you know, I've uh, found, uh, I worked for Dick's Sporting Goods for a long time, moved up with them uh, to the point where I was bouncing around a few different stores from them, working on their processes. And then uh, a guy I used to play a lot of golf with was opening up a bar, restaurant, indoor golf simulators, driving range, kind of this big complex. And he needed somebody with a business background and who knew golf to run it all. So I ended up leaving Dick Sporting Goods and went over and ran this guy's company for a few years. And uh, Is that the, what's that one called? Is that the one that's all over the place now? No, no. It was uh, called Cyber Creek Golf, and it was up in Buffalo, New York, which is where oh. I'm originally from. But they're, they're basically modeled off of uh, 
like a very cheap version of a um of uh, oh what is that golf chain yeah uh something golf top uh, golf top golf it's, it's yeah. basically yeah it's basically was a was a much smaller knockoff version of a top golf single location but you know being in buffalo new york the the golf season is not that long a uh, lot of snow up there so we would run golf tournaments indoors on the simulators all off season really really cool um concept uh unfortunately the buffalo weather actually collapsed the roof onto all of the uh golf simulators so about they got blasted with about five feet of standing snow mm-hmm. collapsed the roof so but in the end um obviously that didn't work out quite as i had planned so uh not knowing what i wanted to do next but knowing i was really sick of buffalo new york and the weather i uh, jumped in my car and i drove to new mexico uh, to visit some friends and family out there. Ended up meeting a gentleman who had this idea to rent scooters. And uh, this is well before the Lime scooters and uh, Bird and all that. So uh, I ended up partnering with him. We opened up five locations throughout all of New Mexico, kind of these pop-up shops. You pull into, say, Santa Fe. You want to see more of the just the downtown area where you're walking. You want to go experience like the beautiful nature that's there. It was a really great concept that you rent on a little 50cc scooter. And uh, so I ran my entire company off of Google. Actually, it was Google Forms. They would fill out, take a picture of their license. It would upload their contract, email it to them, email to us. I had little GPS locators on the scooters. Make sure I got them all back. Uh, And uh, yeah, yeah. So that company did pretty well. And I, I did that for about a year, year and a half, and then uh, allowed the, my business partner to take it from there. And after that, I was ready to kind of get back into sales, making real good money. And I was always very good at digital marketing. And so I did it a lot with the golf stimulator location. I actually did it a lot having my own scooter rental company. And I went to New York City and worked with a company called Main Street Hub, which is the largest social media management and review management company for like brick and mortar locations. Uh, Restaurants is really like their, their main bread and butter. uh, Cause obviously restaurants, they live and die off of reviews and social media and all that nowadays. Uh, Became a marketing executive with them. And uh, then I got burnt out on New York city a little bit. New York city will do that to you. Anybody that's lived there. Uh, And I moved to Miami and I started working with another digital marketing company. Uh, I became their VP of client success. And so it was all about building out processes. And they were much more involved with attorneys and building websites and SEO. And so now I was getting this much more full picture of digital marketing, seeing the social media side, the review management side, seeing website development and SEO, paid advertising, kind of how all of these different pieces work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that eventually I, I came out here to California and opened up a location for them. And uh, after about a year out here, I thought, you know what, I I think that I could build a better product and a better service, especially for attorneys, because they, um, you know, there's a lot of deceptive marketing companies, we'll say, Mm -hmm. that I I feel prey on that industry a bit. And so when we opened up Hashtag Smart Marketing, and we've only been open for about a little over a year now, and we have grown... uh, grown like crazy in the year because our, our real uh, differentiating factors, you know, we are the ethical marketing company as I worked with my development team to build, build our dashboard out. Mm-hmm. The entire goal was like being able to very 
visibly display like actionable insights from your online presence and determining your ROI, whether you're doing ads on Facebook or you know Google PPC and being able to turn those into more like apples to apples comparisons. You know, when we're doing SEO for people, we wanted you to see, we put eight hours into developing backlinks, 22 hours into writing content. And so, so people could actually have a digital marketing company they could trust because they knew literally every aspect of their online presence was being touched and taken care of and they could log into one dashboard and be able to see it all. Wow. So a very, uh, very meandering career path. Yeah. But, uh, but I landed truly on a passion of mine and, um, and found a way to actually build up communities kind of around me, not only through what I do, but by how I can push my clients to, to do the same. That's awesome. Well, hey, Paul, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Did you know you don't have to be in the Navy to join Navy Federal Credit Union? Yep. If you're an active duty service member, veteran, DOD, civilian, or military family member, you can join Navy Federal. That means if you served in any branch of the military, it doesn't have to be just the Navy. Could be the Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, or Coast Guard. You can join Navy Federal Credit Union. On average, Navy Federal members earn and save $361 more per year. You can pay no fees, get low rates and rate discounts, plus earn cash back and grow your savings. Navy Federal puts members first by helping them save money, make money, and enjoy peace of mind and security through personalized around-the-clock service. Plus, now's a great time to join. Have a large credit card balance after the holidays? Balance transfers allow you to move your credit card balance from other lenders to a Navy Federal credit card. Make a plan to do away with the high-interest credit card debt by transferring your balance to a Navy Federal credit card. With a low intro APR and no balance transfer fees, you can pick the right card to help you take back control. Visit NavyFederal.org for more info. Navy Federal Credit Union are members of the mission. Insured by NCUA, Dollar value in Navy Federal's 2019 member survey, 5.99 to 18% variable APRs based on product type and credit worthiness, up to $1 cash advance transaction fee at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Hey, veteran entrepreneurs. While we know COVID has restricted travel this past year, as the world continues to open back up safely, just a reminder, there's a website just for you that can save you money on travel, plus support your military community at the same time. AmericanForcesTravel.com is a DOD partnership with Priceline. Active duty, reserve, veterans, and now even DOD civilians can use this restricted website. You'll save money on flights, cars, and hotels. On top of that, travel company commissions go to your service branch to be reinvested into your military community. Check out AmericanForcesTravel.com and see for yourself. Current authorized patrons are all current active duty military, all members of the reserve components and National Guard, all retired military, including those in the reserves and National Guard who are retirement eligible, all Medal of Honor recipients, and 100% disabled veterans, all DOD civilians, appropriated funds, and non-appropriated funds, and many more. So check out AmericanForcesTravel.com to book your next trip. All right, back talking with Army veteran Paul Makowitz from Hashtag Smart Marketing. So, Paul... Great lead up to uh, right, right up to the break of walking us through your journey. Now, now you're running hashtag smart marketing. You guys are doing great. I want to hear about the details of exactly what you guys do and how you go about doing it. Yeah. So we focus on something called ZMOT or the zero moment of truth. It was something big that came out uh, through the Google think about 10 years ago, and it's gaining in a ton of popularity now. But just to 
give you kind of the, the quick synopsis of it. Marketing was always built into three steps. There was stimulus, first moment of truth or the shelf, and then second moment of truth or the experience. So uh, I use a lot of lawyer examples for this, but uh, I, I vividly remember my now wife, she was girlfriend at the time, but uh, experiencing Zemont and actually noticing it the first time. And we were grocery shopping uh, and there's a nice little ad for a new yoga studio right on the shopping cart. Mm-hmm. And I see her look at it and I'm just watching her. I'm not, not interacting with her at all, not trying to sway her at all. I just wanted to see her kind of like make this buying process. And she looks at it, she looks down at her phone. I see her tap away for a good like 30 seconds. And then she shrugs a bit and sets her phone down. And so I, I immediately had to ask her, you know, I'm in this space. I'm like, what just happened there? And she goes, oh, you know, I Googled it. Saw that they were 3.5 on Yelp. Saw like three other studios in the area that are like four, four and a half. You know, why, why would I even look at them? And I just kind of laughed at it for a minute. And I was like, wow, like this company, they, they've got to have invested a few thousand of dollars into having their brand their advertisement all over, you know, 50, a hundred shopping carts here at a, at a Publix. And they just lost someone who loves yoga, who's in the market for a new studio in the area solely based off of the fact that they didn't actually clean up their online presence. And so that's really what the ZMOD is. So before, you know, they would run an ad on a you know, TV or a magazine and hopefully it would hit me at the exact time that I need it. I would purchase their services, try them out. And then the, Second moment of truth would be the experience. I would decide, oh, they were awesome or, oh, they sucked. And, you know, hopefully from that, I would tell somebody in you know, the next backyard barbecue that I was at, you know, my wife's going to this new yoga studio. She loves it. It's great. And, and you know, that's that word of mouth advertising. The problem is the internet came along and it really changed up that entire model. So now you have the, the stimulus is still there. You know, there's, and to speak of it from the digital side, that's more like your Google PPC or maybe social media ads, display ads, things like that. That stimulus is still there. But now there's this zero moment of truth where people are doing research and they're comparing you to other options that they have out there. They're getting to know your brand. They're you know, seeing the community that you've built around you on social media. And at that moment, the buying process is changing. You know, you might be running... Uh, a ton of PPC. And I see this for attorneys all the time. They run, you know, 10,000, 20,000 a month in PPC. And they're actually advertising for their competitors because they click on that, that uh, ad, they see Google maps, they steam come up as a 3.7 and the three competitors right underneath them are all 4.8, 4.4. And they've just paid this exorbitant amount of money to advertise for their competitors. Wow. Yeah. And so I deal with this all the time because uh, I'll have an attorney, especially because PPC for them can range, say you want to do like personal injury attorney, Los Angeles, they're probably talking 180, 200 bucks a click. That's not even a conversion. That's just to get an eyeball for a moment. And so you, you take, you know, like, is that like on Google for like 180, 200 bucks, like a click on Google, or you're talking Facebook ads or, or any of them really? No, exactly. That'd be for like a Google PPC. You know, the social media ads work a bit different, but yeah, PPC. And you know, if you think about how people are going to choose an attorney, if I get into a car accident, chances are I'm going to hop on Google and type like, you know, personal injury attorney near me or something along those lines. It's a great avenue for them. But if you don't clean up the zero moment of truth first, it, you're really wasting a ton of money. And so what my company does is we come in and we, we talk to attorneys about, for one, uh, working backwards, ensuring that their website looks good, that it's conveying the message that they want to. 
about their brand. Uh, so a lot of it is getting to kind of some of that fun marketing stuff like you would see uh, back in like the 50s, 60s and like coming up with a good tagline and a good uh, you know, way to brand them, especially because these attorneys, their personal brand is themselves. So we, for one of my clients, you know, we use the word safe a lot because, you know, it's nice when you get to his website and you see safe and like, compassionate ear and things like that, because that's a great differentiating factor when everybody looks at attorneys and they think, oh, this guy's just going to, you know, this guy's like Tom Cruise in the firm and he's going to get in there and yell and doing this. But this guy gets a ton of business because, you know, people like liking their attorney. They like, like feeling that comfort with them. Um, I have some other ones that we do cool stuff like the winning team because, you know, one of them's kind of like a Kobe Bryant type cerebral assassin type attorney. And the other one is more the Shaquille O'Neal comes in like a, like a bull in a China shop type. And yeah. so, you know, when you have both of those, so when you're, when you're building up this zero moment of truth, that online presence, you have to be able to one, ensure your conversion point is the message is on point that every eyeball you're capitalizing on as many of them as you can. And then you want to use that and get lots of good reviews. You want to answer every single one of those reviews because if you think about the differentiating factors between attorneys, when I'm looking at 10 of them, if I see, you know, two 4.4s, but I see one attorney that actually, you know, cares about his clients enough mm -hmm. to spend time to answer a review and, you know, thank you. We really appreciate you choosing us. If you need anyone else, send them our way, you know, check us out on Facebook, a link right to their Facebook, do some cross promotion. Yeah. through it. And then, uh, and then with that building community uh, around your brand on, on social media, I mean, it's not just about, hey, we're a personal injury firm, let us know when you need us, you know, you, you put that stuff out every once in a while. But that law firm that is, you know, going to the local schools and or after school programs and talking to the kids, and they're donate donating, you know, backpacks to new uh, students in their community, or they're, you know, running a charity event for this passion that they have. You know, when you're displaying that type of stuff online and you're building community around your firm and around your brand, uh, it makes your paid advertising so much more impactful now because when I'm making that quick comparison, I now have so many more reasons to choose you uh, and reasons that I feel more comfortable with you as my attorney, as opposed to, you know, some of these other kind of slimy looking guys out there. <laughs> so, uh, so the zero moment of truth, it, it's just becoming more and more important, um, whether it's e-commerce, professional services, restaurants, kind of across the gamut. We, we work with personal services because we're looking uh, for a way to kind of impact the communities for our clients. Um, so I even talk to our clients like, hey, are you donating to a charity? If they say no, I'm like, great. What are some of your passions? You like you like kids and basketball? Cool. Here's the YMCA by you. You should donate some money to them. Let me know, you know, when you do that and we'll highlight it on your website. We'll show that, you know, you're involved in your community that way. So yeah. we feel almost a responsibility as a marketing company to, you know, push our clients to do those types of things as well. So it's it's a fun space because it's it is a bit of like, you know, the wild, wild west out here. But uh, you know, we're trying to make a positive impact kind of every step of the way. So you definitely go in, go a lot deeper in look more big picture into the the situation other than just saying, all right, this is how much Google ads and Facebook ads are going to cost you, and give me some pictures and let's go. And oftentimes, you know, like you brought up a really good point. You know, how often do these companies ever search for themselves on Google and see what the customer sees? Like, do they do they actually walk through the customer experience? They 
I mean, that's a, that's like a no brainer when you, 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 you Google the name of the company and when you click on it, you see a 3.5 star and on the map, there's two, four point three stars right next to them. And it's like, have you ever noticed that? Do you realize that's what your customers are seeing? They're like, I had no idea. Yeah, we, we do some really cool stuff with reviews where we'll build word clouds so we can see words most often mentioned in reviews. Word so, clouds, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. imagine, um, uh, just to, to think of one of uh, my attorneys, he had a receptionist whose name came up in six different reviews. He had no idea that he had this amazing rock star that everyone was singing her praises by every time they dealt with her. So, nice. so after learning that, he, you know, he was a smart business guy. He went and he talked to her and he said, like, why do people enjoy you so much? Like, why, uh, you know, are you having such a positive impact? And he actually had her write some of the intake script for everyone else to start using so that they would start, you know, uh, really building this amazing client experience the entire step of the process. Uh, uh, and you would never have known that if we hadn't dove into some of the reviews. Um, we had another great instance just recently where we were noticing a lot of like four star reviews suddenly. And this law firm was like, well, you know, what's happening? Why, why aren't we getting these five stars that we were getting before? So as we dug through and we noticed everybody saying great law firm, the attorney was wonderful, great compensation process took forever. <laughs> you know, this is super long. I felt like it was dragging along. And what we realized was, you know, it was nothing that they as a law firm were doing different. We're just, we're in a different world now. We're in a COVID world where, you know, courts are taking place on Zoom and people aren't quite, you yeah. know, the, the discovery phase is taking longer and, you know, everything is, is being exasperated by this horrible uh, pandemic that we're in. So all we did is we made a little tweak to the intake process and said like, at the end of the conversation, you've gotten the client's information, we're forwarding it to the attorneys, but at the end, you know, we dropped in this little line of, trust us, we are diligently working on your case every day. You might not hear from us every single day, and it's not because we're not you know, being firm advocates of you and your case, but it's because the process is slower. So we greatly appreciate your patience in this time. And just by like, you know, setting that expectation early, boom, five-star reviews started rolling back in again, you know? And, and, expectations, yeah. Yeah, and it's, um, it's always amazing to me that so many businesses are scared to death of reviews. You know, they don't want that bad one. They don't want, uh, you know, somebody airing their dirty laundry online. Right. But what we have found is, one, people are generally nice. Like, most reviews are four and five-star. You really got to, you know, mess up pretty bad to, to get less than that. The other thing is, uh, just like those examples, you can learn so much about your business just from reaching out and talking to those people. I mean, you could run a survey and, you know, send them an email and ask them to give you feedback. But even that, you're, you're kind of influencing what people are coming back with because you're pushing for it and you're asking about it. Whereas these are people that have taken time out of your day, you know, would have cost you, you know, $10,000 to go out and find a, a consulting company or a survey group to get you information like this, but people are giving it to you for free. Yeah. So, um, and it's just small little tweaks in the process of just like even having a computer in the waiting room that, you know, when you log onto the internet, it takes you right to their Yelp page or right to their Google business listing, you know, so that you're pushing people to leave you that, that uh, honest feedback. And then you can improve as a business from it. So the power of reviews is 
really it's missed by so many businesses out there and with the current situation that we're in they're becoming more and more important and so I, i've had the luxury of being able to go on a few podcasts now and kind of get this message out there don't be afraid of reviews you know use them and uh it really it's impacting your zero moment of truth so after somebody's done working with your business asking them for reviews is actually going to generate more re referral business yeah. because yeah, we don't have those backyard barbecues anymore. You know, nobody's asking my wife what, you know, what nail salon she goes to. But, you know, she'll check yeah. in on Facebook or she'll leave, leave them a review online and tens of thousands of people are going to see that. How, so often, that uh, how often can a company use a one-star review to their advantage? Like, uh, how powerful is the company's response to a one-star review? Like, the, people see one-star and they look at the company's response and they're like, can people, can you turn that into a win? Without a doubt. Uh, I'm a big advocate for answering every single review, whether it's positive or negative. And what's great about answering the negative ones is for one, even if you just put yourself in the buyer's shoes for a moment and you see a one-star review, but then you see a response to it, you're always going to read that response because seeing that one-star review, you fight here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you might be, you might be walking right into a, to an online pissing contest and it's great, you know, great entertainment, but also for, for informing your buying decision. You know, if I see, you know, this law firm was horrible, they didn't take on my case, you know, in most cases, like, so there's certain terms and conditions that, and guidelines that reviews have to fall under. So say I go to a law firm and they don't take my case on Yelp or Google, you can sometimes even get those reviews removed because it violates the terms and services. You know, you actually have to be a customer or a client to leave a review. Yeah. So we're always looking for that. Uh, the other thing is when you get a one-star review and say they say, you know, attorney Bob, he was a pain in the ass. I, I hated dealing with him. And then you see a response from attorney Bob saying like, hey, you know, Chuck, we're so sorry you had this experience with us. The reason we couldn't take your case on was because after looking through the evidence, you know, we didn't feel that uh, we could properly represent you. You know, we wanted nothing but to be honest and upfront with you. We're so sorry that this didn't work out. Good luck with whoever you do find for your case. Like now that that law firm has completely changed the dynamic and the, you know, the emotional response people are going to have to that review because they were honest and transparent and, you know, direct with their response. And so it's just controlling as much of that message about your business as you possibly can. Yeah, that's interesting. And I've, I've bumped into a lot of uh, probably refer to them as like less than technically savvy type business owners for, um, and I, I've even had conversations with them about reviews and they're like, yeah, I'm getting hammered because I guess there's this thing called Yelp and a couple people hammered me on a review and I don't even know how to deal with it. And I guess, you know, my competition across the street they do really well with it. So everybody automatically just goes there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's immensely important. And the, the businesses that are just sticking their head in the sand are not going to come out of COVID well. Mm -hmm. Every, everything is transitioning to more and more online. And so if you're not making that a focus of your business, you're really setting yourself up for failure. And one of the other uh, big points that I would say about it too is to take Yelp in particular. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Yelp. <laughs> I'm a, we are Yelp advertising partners because it makes sense for some of our clients. Mm -hmm. uh, if you think about getting the most out of your online presence, 
we talk about those PPC campaigns costing 200 bucks a click. If I run an ad on Yelp and Yelp is number one, two, or three in the organic SEO, a lot of people see 10 best attorneys near me. They click on that. And now you've circumvented Google's organic and Google's PPC. They've gotten to Yelp and they're going to make a buying decision through Yelp. So now say you're getting 20 bucks a click on Yelp. You know, you just saved yourself 180 bucks a click, not by, you know, trying to do something deceptive or anything like that, but you know, maybe that avenue works for you. The other big thing with Yelp is uh, they're incredibly smart in their partnerships. So we can, we can have a little game right now. Uh, If anybody has an iPhone and you can go ahead, pull it out and just say, Hey Siri, find me a, a personal injury attorney near me. And see where that information comes from. You'll notice right away, Apple and uh, Yelp have a contract together because Uh Apple doesn't have a review management system. So they piggyback off of Yelp and a little bit of TripAdvisor depending on the industry. Uh But what you'll see is Siri will give you responses saying, you know, Bob's attorney is a 4.4 on Yelp. So uh, if you're ignoring that avenue, you're talking about 40% of the market that you've just ignored. Anybody that's doing voice search, which is, you know, continually... Uh, happening more and more. Voice search is continuing to get more popular. Uh, And even on Google, your Google business listing is what's impacting everything that, hey, Google is, you know, returning as responses and everything on Google Maps. So by ignoring these two incredibly important review sources, you're really shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Huh. Wow. Um, Well, Paul, unfortunately, we're getting close to the end of our time. Um, I do want to give you a chance um, if uh, if somebody's interested in, in checking out your business, um, how do we, how do we find you? Is it uh, is it hashtag smart marketing or? Yeah, uh, so you can always go to zbotexpert.com and that'll get you over to our website. We also uh, we're running some cool specials right now. Uh, we're very proud of our eBrand dashboard, which is as we designed it, we wanted to make something that was really easy for business owners to just see their entire online presence in five minutes, as opposed to having to go to their Facebook, their Instagram, their Yelp, their Google business, and like go to all these different areas to figure out how they're doing online. So uh, we're allowing people to try out our hub for free for 30 days. And it's really cool. You just hook up your Facebook, you hook up all your business listings, all that. Uh, so you can go to zmotexpert.com. And right there, there's an opportunity to drop your information and we'll hook you up with that dashboard for free. Uh, that's probably the best way to get us. I'm always on LinkedIn. It's Paul Makowitz. Last name is a big, long Polish one. It's tough. It's M-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. So you can always hit me up on LinkedIn. And uh, Instagram, I am the Instagram manager for us because uh, I interact with a lot of uh, businesses, clients, uh, potential new clients right over there. And that's hashtag the word hashtag smart marketing over on Instagram. Those are probably the best ways to get in touch with me. And zmotexpert.com, that's zero moment of truth, Z-M-O-T expert.com. That's exactly right. Awesome. Well, hey, Paul, I'll give you the last word. If you're talking to somebody that's in the military on their, on their, in their transition on the way out, looking to get into some kind of entrepreneurship, what kind of advice comes to mind? The biggest advice I give anybody that's uh, especially looking into entrepreneurship is just do it. Like there's, it's scary. You never know what's going to happen, but uh, the resources are out there. Uh, I'm a big advocate for bunker labs, which I got involved in. Uh, I I never really leaned into my military network until I opened my own company. You know, I I had some, uh, 
some reservations about my military experience that, that I'm just now getting over, you know, 15 years later. So I would say lean into your network and just make the leap. Awesome. I'd forgotten you were a Bunker Labs connection. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm an ambassador for Bunker Labs in the for Kansas City. So um, it's great to make uh, make that connection through the Bunker Labs network. So, hey, you never know where people are going to come from, right? Yeah, yeah. I've really enjoyed getting involved in that community. And uh, I'm, I'm so happy that I, you know, started leaning into my military experience and, and getting those guys going. It's been a fantastic experience with them. That's awesome. Well, hey, Paul, I appreciate you sharing your entrepreneurial success story. We look forward to your future success. Thank you so much, man. Have a great day. All right, you too. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.